Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Are you listening? Yo, what's going on, everybody? This is Marcus, and you are tuned in to the Black Married and Debt-Free Podcast. My wife, Shire, and I were able to eliminate six figures worth of debt, and we're all about empowering others to do the same. In this episode, we get to sit down with Julian and Kirsten from Rich and Regular. We're talking about the FIRE movement, retiring early, eating better on a budget, and much, much more. So sit back and enjoy the Black Married and Debt-Free Podcast. What's going on, everybody? This is Marcus, and I'm here with my lovely wife, Shira. And we have a couple of special guests on the podcast today. I'm super excited to be able to sit down with this couple. You know, me and Shira, we often, you know, talk about debt freedom, and that's really the thing that we share a lot about on this podcast. But there's levels to this, and we have a couple that uh, they're really sharing about the fire movement. And this series that we're talking about on this podcast has to do with the fire movement. It's, uh, it's it's really something that is, is becoming very popular and it is the next level. It's, it's what we aspire to do and where we aspire to be. So we're happy to have our friends, Julian and Kirsten from Rich and Regular on the podcast. How are you guys doing? We're What's, great. What's up, man? <laughs> it's good to meet you guys. <laughs> Absolutely. We're excited to have you guys on. So we're just going to, we're just going to dive in. As we were sharing right before we started the recording was that we want to talk a little bit more about FIRE, um, which basically means financially independent, retire early. And one of the things that we discovered after becoming debt-free was the very next day, I still had to go to work. (laughs) I still had the bills coming in and we really learned that there is a difference. There's a defining difference between debt freedom and financial freedom. And so we love the message that you all bring. And so we're hoping to really dive deeper into that today. And so can you share uh, with us just a little bit about yourself? And if you veer into fire, you can. And if not, we'll get there. Um, so if you can just share a little bit about your, your platform and how it came to be. All right. Hi, everyone. I'm Kirsten. I'm 35. I'm based out of Atlanta. Mama to a two-year-old. Wife to Julian. Um, play many other roles. No, no applause. <laughs> <laughs> I play many other roles. Employee, sister, daughter, all that jazz. Um, I am a former overspender. So my financial story is one where I had a ton of credit card debt, a ton of consumer debt. I bought a luxury car when I was you know, 23 years old and just <laughs> took me 10 years to pay that thing off, but I had one. Um, and uh, Julian was the one that introduced me to the, fi- to the FIRE movement, really. And it started very similar to your story. Um, I started with debt freedom. I went through all the baby steps and I did all the things that you have to do to get rid of the debt. And then I realized that I wanted more. And um, I started thinking about my time. Like once you stop worrying about money, you start thinking more about time. And when Julian brought FIRE to me, I'm not going to lie. The first time I was like, hell no, <laughs> it seems way too extreme. <laughs> but, but when you consider the extremities of working for 70 years with no break, like that's way more extreme than anything that fire could, 
could ever be. And so, um, yeah, that's the short version of my story. That's the short version of her story. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> my story, uh, I'll try to be brief. I'm originally from Brooklyn, New York. Uh, by way of Jamaica. Uh, both of my parents, my entire family is from Jamaica. And so um, strong work ethic was like, you know, a, a strong part of my personality and how uh, I was raised. Uh, we moved to uh, the Atlanta area, I want to say 95, 96, sometime around the Olympics. Um, and so at this point, I've been in Atlanta longer than I've been in uh, in New York um, but you know pretty much I've always been a hard worker go to school get a job uh, sometimes two jobs you know uh, while I was going through school um, and I would say you know when my wheels started turning for me about money was really uh, right after college like or when, when it was time to start paying student loans right because right. I was also a homeowner at the time and it was like whoa I've got this mortgage and I've got these student loans um and I also felt like really deeply insecure, um, but got over that and got into real estate investing. And from real estate investing, that moved into, you know, sort of the debt payoff lifestyle. And then now sort of into uh, FIRE. And, um, you know, we teamed up. We got, we met in 2012, got married in 2015. And, um, you know, we're, we're, we're on the journey together. We're, we're on the final stretch. That's amazing. And we're going to we definitely want to get into the, uh, the real estate endeavors that you that you guys have because uh, sure. uh we love first of all we love your blog if you guys are not familiar with uh rich and regular the, their blog is, is amazing and uh, one of my favorite stories actually is is the one when you talk about your real estate empire your humble empire as you, as you <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah we definitely gonna pick your brain on that um so for the people uh who aren't familiar with fire and and what it, it's all about. Can, can can you break that down for our listeners exactly uh, the, the concept behind it, and and then what motivated you to to pursue that? Yeah. So I think the simplest way to describe it is we always use the um, you know you've got most people who are marathon savers. They are in it for 30, 40, 50 years, basically their entire lives, and they believe they're going to save let's say 10 to 15% of their money over that entire period. And then when it's all said and done, they get to live the life of their dreams. This is essentially the plan that most people have been taught and what most people are following. Um, so that's slow and steady save approach over time. Fire, uh, you were right, stands for financial independence, retire early. Um, those people are more like sprinters or uphill sprinters. And so they are not interested in the 30, 40, 50 year approach. They're way more interested in going fast, going hard for a much shorter period of time, and then letting that money compound over 30 to 40 years. And so you can do that in a number of two ways or a number of ways, but it's either you really, really plummet your expenses. And so you try to keep your costs low or you try to grow your income as high as you possibly can. In our case, we tried to do both uh, in a way that was comfortable for us. And so we used that to pay off over $200,000 of debt in five years. Uh, and we've been using that to save, invest, uh, and to grow businesses for the last couple of years. And that's basically our plan um, so that we don't have to go to work in order to earn money. Our money will essentially be working for us. Um, what motivated us? I think our motivations were different. For me, it was really just being tired and being tired of being tired. I mean, I'm 39. 
Um, and, you know, I think I've been working since what I was 16, 17. Yeah. Uh, and I felt real tired, especially after, you know, uh, Kirsten had our son. I wanted to be uh, an active father. I wanted to be a healthier father. I wanted to be a better husband. Um, and so at the same time, I was wrestling with that desire, but also uh, just a lot of pain and frustration at work. And it was just getting to a point where, you know, I got to the point where I said, well, why am I doing this? You know, like we've got all these things going well for us, all these things in the background. Um, and so, uh, you know, we just decided that, hey, man, this is really not worth it. Uh, but even before it got to that point, we could see where this was going. I mean, because we were going so hard at work, it was like, man, do you really think you could do this for 30, 40 years? <laughs> right. like, There's no way you could do that and still be yourself. Yeah. You lose yourself along the way. You get eaten up and spit out like a lot of us, uh, or like a lot of people before us. And so we said, you know what? There's got to be a better way. And this is something that uh, we landed on and, and, and decided to do. Money. Besides me. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Money. Compound interest. Yeah. No, but for real, like once once I paid off the debt, um, I really had gotten a good hold of my spending and there wasn't a ton that I wanted. Like there wasn't, I didn't find value in things anymore after you spent all this time paying off things that you couldn't afford to begin with. Like, I just, I didn't find value in those things. And so when we started to invest the savings that we were used to throwing at debt and you would see compound interest and you would see that that money has grown over a month or three months or six months or two years, that's a, that's a huge motivator. <laughs> I mean, especially during a bull market because you know, things were growing really, really fast. And I quickly realized that my money could work harder than I could because it was getting more than I was at work with these little bitty raises and right. you know, bonus here and there. Like my money was working really, really hard. And that was the only motivation I needed. That's awesome. Um, you know, I was a part of an event recently um, on a panel and there was someone in the audience who had referred to investing in the stock market as gambling. And I think that that is really prevalent um, in the African-American community because I've heard it several times from young people and also old people. But as, we have, as we're learning about your journey, we see that investing has played a huge role in your progress um, when it comes to FIRE. So um, when it comes to that type of attitude that investing is, is gambling, what, what would you say to someone with that mindset? I mean, I think there's definitely a spectrum of risk when it comes to investing. And there is some form, there are some forms of investing that are like gambling. So if somebody's just picking a stock and hoping that it, you know, does really well or throwing your life savings into Bitcoin and hoping that it does really, really well, that is gambling because no one has a crystal ball and no one knows anything. What we use is a data-backed approach. It's a little bit slower, it's a little bit less risky, but there is an approach of investing where you can invest in index funds, which are essentially the entire market. So I own a piece of Google, a piece of Amazon, a piece of every publicly traded stock in the S&P 500, and I buy that. That way, if one company does something stupid or one CEO is problematic and their company goes to shit, like my, my portfolio is still good because I have the entirety of the market. And so what we're betting on, and it is still a bet, is the US economy or the global economy. There are several different index funds that you can invest in. 
But yeah, there's definitely some types that are, you know, high risk, high reward. It's very similar to Vegas, where if you are, <laughs> if you are cut from that cloth and you feel like, you know, putting everything on a single stock, you can become very, very rich or you can lose everything. I try not to talk to people like that, so I don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, real talk, yeah. Honestly, I don't have, I, I don't have that kind of, I lost that patience a couple of years ago, so that's yeah. what I just, I just point them at her. can break it down, but um, <laughs> no, I, in, in all seriousness, because respectfully, I've not heard that to my face. I've heard people say that, yeah. but I think that we're like so in it at this point that right. I don't even think anybody would come to us and say something like <laughs> Because it would, because they just know that like maybe I would like go crazy or something. <laughs> yes, but you have broken it down beautifully. Yeah, absolutely. And like a stock is a piece of a, a business, and I think that if you um, think of it in that way, it seems less like gambling. But your explanation was beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Hey, Dad. Hey, baby girl. What's going on? Did you get a chance to read that book? No, Taylor, I sure haven't. I've just been so busy with work and, you know, with recording the podcast and everything. I just haven't had time to read that book yet. Have you heard about Audible? Oh, yeah. Audible. Audible is a leading seller and producer of spoken audio entertainment, and it's great for having your books on the go. I love Audible because it's right on your phone and you can play your favorite audio books wherever you are. Audible is giving our listeners an exclusive 30-day free trial. Let's go to audibletrial.com slash BMDF. And guess what? They're going to throw in two free audiobooks. So use our code audibletrial.com slash BMDF for Black Mary Debt Free. Now back to the show. You guys kind of spoke about uh, how you invest in index funds. And there's a statistic out that says, you know, the over the past 10 years, the stock market has seen growth, more growth than it's seen since the 1800s. So when people say, okay, so this fire movement is great because we, we've been in such a, a, a great market. Yeah. What, what do you say to that besides thank you? <laughs> you know what I mean? But what do you say to those naysayers? It's like, well, it's because the market is doing so good. That's why, you know, I'm sure you guys have heard all the naysayers. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, um, I, I what what I say to people like that is, I mean, they're right, right? And, and I'm sure, you know, if they've built up an argument to that point, they're probably well-researched and they're right about whatever point that they're trying to make. For us specifically to hedge our bets, this is why we're not taking an approach that is 100% reliant on stock markets and historical returns, right? And so this is where real estate investing comes in. This is where us investing in other businesses comes into play and so for us it's a matter of saying hey if we're not getting it or able to get it from our stock market portfolio we're going to be able to get it from uh, our real estate portfolio some of which is debt free uh, or a number of the businesses that we built uh, or are building that we believe uh, have uh, nothing but upside going forward and we can afford to uh, uh, absorb that risk if any one of those things tend to plummet. And so for us, we're at a point where we're trying to diversify, uh, not trying to, where we've diversified our income streams, uh, which allows us to assess those risks. And so literally everything would have to go down right. in order for this to not work. And if that were the case, everybody's going to be hurting anyway. You know what I mean? Yeah, your job's at risk too. Right. It's if not that were the case, portfolio. Correct. And so it's a bit of a, you know, that's what we say to people like that. Yeah. yeah and I just add that like one of the tools or the mindset that you need to incorporate when you're talking about investing and 
kind of getting over that hurdle of thinking it as gambling, thinking of it as gambling, is really taking a long-term view. And so when you take a long-term view, which in the world of investing is 10 plus years, maybe even 20 years, you'll start to realize how cyclical the market is. And you know that what goes down must come up and what goes up must go down or what go, whatever. Y'all know what I mean. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's incredibly cyclical. And if you can stay the course, if you can remain consistent, if you can make sure that you don't lose faith or do something crazy, you don't actually lose money unless you cash out. Right. If you just let your money sit there and kind of wait until the next, you know, lift, that's how that's how wealth is created. And so that's why it's important for people to understand that, like, you shouldn't invest money that you need today to live because you're not pulling it out is going to cost you more than than just letting it ride and letting it grow. That's a great point. I think when people look at their investment like something that they can potentially tap into, oh, yeah. you know, then that's when the fear comes into play because you're not doing it for the long term at that point. You're kind of exactly. just you, you're playing around with it instead of really looking at it as a, a, a long journey. So. Mm-hmm. And the That's culture good. is somewhat to blame for that. I mean, we talk about flipping money all the time. Like, it's right. like you know, take 10, turn it to 20, turn it to 20, turn it to 50. It's like, right. it's not how it works. I mean, it does, but it takes about 30 years yeah. to take a 10 and turn it to a 50. Absolutely. Like, you just have to, you have to wait it out. It's not as quick unless you're dealing with enormous capital and, you know, very limited, restricted type mm-hmm. deals. Like, it's a waiting game. It's actually quite boring. It is. <laughs> <laughs> It is. Yeah. Nice. So one of the things that we wanted to ask you all about is the Playing With Fire documentary. Now, I don't think it's playing in our area quite yet. Yeah, and we like have not Southern been able California, to right? get our hands on it. But we know that you two are featured um, in this documentary speaking about fire. And we look forward to to seeing it. And would you be able to talk to us a little bit about that experience? Yeah. We're in it for a good 18 seconds. So <laughs> don't go to the bathroom. Spread out. Spread, <laughs> spread out. out. So <laughs> look for it. This is my literal 15 seconds of fame. Um, but Playing With Fire is a documentary that is documenting a couple, Scott and Taylor's journey into fire. So they are a couple that lived in a high cost of living area. They were spending way more than they needed in order to be happy. And so they take this one year challenge to spend as little as possible with the hopes of like increasing their savings rate and then shortening the time to retirement. And so it's their journey of couch surfing, of learning to cook at home, of um, buying used cars. Taylor gave up her BMW, like it was a whole thing. (laughs) And then... By the end, they figured out like what is the appropriate savings rate for them. And along the journey, you hear from different experts in fire that kind of talk through the methodology and the why and like, you know, just kind of help shape your thinking around around the concept since everybody doesn't have a year to go extreme. <laughs> it usually takes a lot longer than a year to build up to a seven a, a 50% savings rate, but for them they were able to do it in like 3 months, which was which was fun. To yeah, well we look forward to it. Yeah, All 18 seconds of it. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. <laughs> so I think it should be available on streaming platforms. I think by November by of November. this year. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's the last we heard. But, you know, it's not our film. We're just we're just in it for yeah. it. That's a part of it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Man, that's amazing. It's, it's good to see people that look like us. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? That matters. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It does. It, it does. does. Yeah. yeah. So now, Julian, you, you kind of touched on it a little bit. So now um, if you could kind of elaborate on your you and Kirsten's real estate endeavors and how that's been going for you. I mean, a lot of people 
that listen to our show, you know, are into real estate or want to get into real estate. So uh, could you just kind of break down how you guys got your feet wet? Yeah. Um, so I, I, I do not remember. It was probably like Rich Dad, Poor Dad or something like that, which is like my first uh, sort of um, you know, introduction into earning income outside of a traditional job. Um, but I absorbed and devoured a lot of real estate and money books over really short period of time. This had to be sometime between 2000 and right around when I graduated. So around 2008, um, when everything was just going bad, it was right. terrible. Um, but I, I, something dawned on me and I, and I just knew at that moment to Kirsten's point about how cyclical this was, that this was probably an opportunity of a lifetime to grab hold of not just stocks but also real estate now i was broke at the time so i couldn't do it but i was convinced that i had to jump in because this this opportunity would likely not present itself for another 10 years and at that point i might have a kid several kids and i wouldn't be able to do it this is what i was telling myself when at the time i obviously could have done it but this is what I told myself. Um, and pretty much I researched all the different opportunities. I was reading blogs. I was going to local uh, real estate association meetups and um, meeting people. Uh, and I was really um, I was really drawn to just like the regular real estate investor. Because to me, real estate investors were always like super snazzy, salesy kind of guys that did like commercials that were just kind of <laughs> slimy looking uh, and and part of that was that I just part of what what pushed me away from it is about I don't relate to those guys and I don't want to be that guy but then it dawned on me it was like they've got to be just regular real estate investors uh, and slowly but surely I started to meet more and more of those people and then it helped me to realize that hey I can do that too and one of the best tried and true ways to do it was to just own rental properties and so um, I basically started saving up every little bit, you know, I would get a bonus or, you know, a tax refund or whatever it was. And I was just slowly building up to it until finally uh, I was able to pull the trigger in 2014 and bought uh, my first rental property and, and, and housing values were still creeping up at that point. And so it was still a really good deal. Um, and so that was the first one. And then the second rental property, um, I would say we kind of did that one together because that was our old primary residence. And so that was the home that I bought in 2008. Um, and we basically moved out of that house. This is after we got married, moved out of that house, gutted it from floors to ceilings, completely renovated it for two reasons. One, because we wanted to continue living small um, and we wanted to like resist the temptation of buying up because of the journey that we were on. And secondly, because we knew that it would be our second rental property when we did move out of it. And so we were in it and then we knew that we would have the nicest rental in the area. And that's exactly what happened. So we moved into the home that we're in in 2000, what is it now, 19? Last year? <laughs> 2018 time is moving fast right so um anyway and now we have two of those rentals so one of them is uh completely debt free uh and renovated and so we get a really really a nice premium on the rent on that one uh and the other one which we had in 2014 we have a small mortgage on it but the rent has increased god maybe 30 40 percent uh since we bought it and it's been stable the entire time we've had a couple of issues it was like a leak yeah um, 
But that was another really important thing for me because like at the time when I was just interested in getting into it, so many people were telling me, don't do it. Mm. I got into it and tenants are crazy and they'll trash your property <laughs> and it's awful and you don't want to be waking up at three o'clock in the middle of the night mm. to go do all this stuff. And so I was really discouraged to do it. Right. But it wasn't until I started educating myself and realizing that actually there's a way to insulate yourself from all of those middle of the night. Yeah, we've uh, never gotten the middle. I've of never night gotten the middle. Of- <laughs> In fact, we were at a um, we were at an event. And they were talking about real estate and they asked the audience, like, how many people in here have ever gotten the three o'clock in the morning call? <laughs> and like, nobody raised nobody. their hand. Right. I think it's a myth. Like, yeah. maybe it happens every once in a while, but we, we it's been five years and we've never gotten that call. Never, never. And so, you know, I, I enjoy it. It's one of my favorite uh I love getting that little email. <laughs> right. <laughs> Let me know that the money has been deposited into our account because it's Going back to our earlier point, I mean, when you realize that, man, I haven't put a dollar or, you know, an ounce of energy, I might send a couple emails yeah. uh, every month or so, you know, just to keep in touch and send a file or a document to somebody. But for the most part, it's working for us in the background. And this is what we mean by when you start to earn money truly passively like that, it changes the way that you think about earning income and the possibilities. And yeah. so... Uh, yeah, it's been it's been a great experience for us. No regrets. Yeah, that's that's amazing. You said something that was very funny, Julian, because when you think about it, the default, when you do think about investors, you're thinking, did you hear wholesaling and you hear all these kind of, you know, it's almost like they're trying to sell something or get something on the cheap. And that's real estate investing. But there's another side of it, like how you said, the buy and hold. Is, is like a great strategy for like, you know, someone who's just a little more passive, you know what I mean? Who wants to just collect that passive income. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Chill. And, and I think that that's amazing. I know there's a lot of people who listen that, you know, would, would love to hear your story on that. Yeah. I mean, that was my biggest lesson, even entering the fire space is like, I had to learn how to be a passive investor. I had to learn the unsexy part of like, this whole investing thing, <laughs> because everything that I was seeing on like HGTV and Shark Tank and like, you know, I would, yep. I would come to Julian with these like razzle dazzle ideas, and he'd be like, "No, like we're gonna buy, <laughs> we're gonna buy the condo under the tree yeah. in the boring side of town." And you absolutely right, like the thing has printed money for us for five years, and it continues to do so. And it's it's kind of sad that like the regular approach to investing isn't talked about more. There's still we still encounter people every day that think they have to hire somebody to invest their money. Mm. And it's like, no, it's as simple as opening a Spotify account. Like look, download the app right now. Yeah. <laughs> connect your bank account and move two hundred dollars into the market. Like you can do that. You, you don't need anybody's permission. You don't need anybody's expertise. You can literally do it yourself. And it's kind of sad that like more people aren't talking about that. More more investors aren't calling themselves investors. They just say, well, I'm saving for retirement. And it's like, <laughs> oh, you're actually investing. And there's mm-hmm. there's a number of ways you can do that besides like traditional retirement accounts that you can't touch until you're 55. Wow. I love that. And that's such a great piece of advice. And then one of the things that you said, uh, Julian, was that there was some hesitation around investing and how um, folks were saying, do you really want to do this? But it sounds like you're absolutely glad that you did. And that was, that was our experience too. We've met someone who said, you don't want to get into real estate. And cause we're in California, we can't afford a thing here. And so we have invested out of state, but we got, we were met with the same thing. You don't want to do this, but the person that was telling us to not do it 
own rentals themselves and were very yeah. successful. And so, <laughs> yes. And so, I mean, I love that, that you two have just pushed forward and you have been, you know, you do things in an unconventional way. Like when you think about the advice that is given out by popular money gurus is, you know, save 10%, save 15%. Well, if you can save much more, then why wouldn't you do that? And so I love that you are living what you what you speak about and that, you know, you've taken your time to really educate others on how to do the same. And that's for us, that's really inspirational yeah, and it, it means a lot. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, it's Amon and Christina from Our Rich Journey. And you are listening to the Black Married and Debt Free Podcast. Now we definitely want to get into, first of all, just let me say this. Kirsten and Julian have been featured on so many platforms. Like, yes. We, we're, we're like in awe of all the platforms. I mean, New York Times, I'm like, look, <laughs> Kirsten's on New York Times. Like, this is crazy. Like, just hats off to you guys. You guys. Yes. Like, you guys are just 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 getting it in and we love it so another endeavor that you guys recently have uh, jumped into was you're now authors of eat better on a budget can you please tell us about this book because it's really dope we we actually bought it so thank you thank you i think i think um at the heart of it is one um tapping into a skill set that we have and so you know I used to be a professional chef. I used to cook, you know, for world-class uh, chefs. Uh, I've cook, cooked for royalty. Um, it's all I've ever known, you know what I mean? And so uh, it's, it's kind of weird when I, you know, <laughs> when I met Kirsten, I didn't realize that, you know, people didn't know what they did. You don't know what you don't know. So I'm just saying, I'm just saying, you ain't never cooked for no world-class, <laughs> what I'm saying. <laughs> The book came about because, you know, we've been so deeply entrenched in personal finance and everyone talks about the big three. And then when they get to cooking, it's like a gaping hole. It's like, just got to cook more at home. And it's like, great. And so the default is always now I've got to eat rice and beans or peanut butter and jelly sandwiches or ramen noodles. And it's like, you know, you could actually eat better, like on a budget. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you don't have to commit yourself to eating, you know, frozen food or unhealthy food. Because here's the thing, whether we're talking about real estate investing, fire movement, getting out of debt, all of these things are deeply emotional. And if you are punishing yourself with food that you don't enjoy every single day, there's no incentive for you to stay on this journey. You know what I mean? You have to feel good about what you're doing. You have to ask yourself, why am I doing this? And so for us, not only do we enjoy food, but it's, it's a way that we celebrate. And so, um, you know, we don't, if you tell, if you think about, you know, and you guys have been doing this for a long time, you know, that's not a easy sell. It's like when you tell someone all you have to do is eat terrible food for five years, <laughs> no one's going to say, I don't want to, I don't want to do that. You know what I mean? And, but if you tell them, no, you can actually do it in a way that 
you know, was good for you or better for you. And if you have a kid, it's way less expensive to do these things. Uh, and so we wrote the book to help people cook better um, because there aren't that many places to help people learn how to cook, to help understand how to pick the right fruits and vegetables or how to even organize their kitchen. Most people, they, they throw stuff in the first day they move in and they've never touched it ever since then. And so the kitchen's really inefficient. So that's why we wrote that. Um, and also, full transparency, this is part of our business plan, right? If we have something of value that we want to create uh, and share with the world, then the internet is a great place to do that. And so it was it was a great learning experience for us. Uh, and now it's also uh, essentially an income stream. Absolutely. And what I loved about what you said, and it, it was direct to consumer. Like when we went and got it, it was like, yo, this is our thing. And we're, we're collecting the revenue. And that is a whole nother topic that we can go into because I love the fact that you are creating uh, another revenue stream. That's what it's all about. So Right. You guys, and it- you guys are brilliant and within, you know, your own uh, arena as well. And so, you know, you take full advantage of that. And, you know, I think that there's something really empowering about that. Every single one of us, you know, have a gift. And so you have to essentially have the courage to put that out there. And you may not know how to do everything right, but you can ask someone or learn how to do those things and um, use it to your full advantage. I was going to say that I really enjoy the book and I really enjoy following you on Instagram and seeing all of the wonderful dishes. You're making me look kind of bad out here, Julie. (laughs) (laughs) I cannot cook nothing. Chicken. (laughs) We're going to change that. (laughs) <laughs> All right, cool, cool. We got some tricks up our sleeve. We're gonna change that, man. Yes, yeah. we just we just love it. But I was wondering, who does the dishes? Oh, <laughs> I do the dishes. I mean, he'll do some of them, but like, thank you, very few. But I, I do the dishes. So it, since you bought the book, you read the book, and you know, I talk you know about uh, uh, cleaning as you go. So yes. it really ain't nothing left over anyway. Yes. So that's what she's taking credit for. But, you know, crown you queen if that's what you need. Go ahead. I do them dishes. You did, you right. did the dish. <laughs> <laughs> the random spoon that was left over. Knocked it out. Right. You, you, you all, we, we appreciate you being on the show. Now, we do want to know what's next for Rich and regular. What? What? I know you got to keep some things close to the vest, but if you can give us a little, <laughs> I know y'all got something brewing over there. <laughs> Who's next? Um, I, I'll say that there, so. There are two. So this is really interesting. Um, there are two. There are two video series that are coming out. I will share that. I won't share any much more details, but um, that's really cool. And so, because we're getting more and more accustomed to like you know, camera crews and stuff, which is really weird. Um, but it's kind of cool. Um, so that's coming out. What else? We got some speaking gigs. You got so um, there's a big online Mama's Talk Money Summit that's coming in October that I'll be a part of. And then um, there's also an all women's money retreat called Sense Positive in Chicago that I will be speaking at for an hour. Yeah. Um, and then Julian will be headed to St. Louis in the spring. St. Louis and the Economy Conference, actually. Oh, I thought that was not St. Louis. No, that's in Cincinnati. Cincinnati, my bad. <laughs> yeah, so we've got speaking gigs coming up and, and, and a bunch of really, really cool stuff, man. So That's amazing. Yeah, We're be- definitely enjoying, uh, enjoying watching you guys uh, and 
you know, you guys are doing some awesome things. So thank you, thank you, you guys too, Likewise. man. I love seeing it. Yeah, appreciate that. I'm sure you got some. Uh, you know, I thought you were gonna ask me to bust a freestyle or put some music on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you guys I was on the plane. I was telling. Her, I was like, you know, we're gonna be on their podcast. Oh, I, was, I started writing bars. Bars. Like, <laughs> bars. <laughs> He's on the tray like he's in middle school. Like, sir, this is. I was like, cause he gonna drop a beat. That's how they sir, close every the Wendy's. Like, please stop <laughs> rapping in the Man, track. I'm definitely uh, music is definitely a big thing for us. We're gonna do a money cipher. Is what we're gonna do. Let's do that. Yeah, we're gonna get like five of us together. We're gonna be like a little online Wu Tang Clan, and we're gonna do a whole. We're gonna do a whole cipher. Let's do that. But yeah, absolutely. We are glad you guys hopped on this podcast with us. It was it was long overdue, which, so we we're glad that we could connect our schedule and make this happen. So, so can you let our listeners know where they can connect with you and where they can reach out to you if they want to? Yeah. So our blog is uh, richandregular.com. And then we're also on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter at Rich and Regular. Uh, we have a Pinterest page and our email is richandregular at gmail.com. Shoot us a note. That's what's up. That's what's up. And let me say this, you know, this topic, you know, personal finance in general, it's not a, necessarily a cool, the coolest topic, but you wow. guys make it cool. You yes. guys got like swag. Like we love that. You know what I mean? Yes, we do. <laughs> we definitely love that. So. That's the point. Yes. Yes. <laughs> the point. We all have to take stock of the role that we play. You guys do, right? Like you, you, you make an effort to reach a wider audience. Otherwise you just talking to the same people right that have already you know done this and so right. our goal is to help bring the message to people who um let's say the current state uh is not bringing it to uh and so make it a little bit more palatable mm-hmm. and um hopefully it'll overcome any uh hesitation and get more people on board because ultimately that's what this is about it's we are we've crafted a very specific message for a specific audience uh, that we want to reach uh, and uh, hopefully we continue to do that over the next couple of years yeah and I don't know anybody that just talks about money unless you're like paid to do that so right. like that's where the regular comes in <laughs> right. if you come to one of our meetups or like just approach us at a conference or wherever we're at we're gonna talk about money for like this long <laughs> talking about regular stuff rapping right. kids food whatever <laughs> like right um, obviously, we we love talking about money, but we're you know regular people. So we thank you guys for being on the show. Thank you guys. Thank you. Absolutely, we'll talk to you guys later. Thanks. All right. Cool. Bye. Yo, so we hope you guys enjoyed that podcast episode. We hope that we said something that you can take away and apply. We are here to inform and to inspire. So do us a huge favor and don't forget to rate this podcast five stars on whatever platform you're streaming us. And if you want to become a supporter of the Black Merit and Death Free podcast, you can do so by clicking on the link below. That's it for now. Till next time. I'll let you guys later.